Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pelvic Matters. I'm your host, Marina Castellanos, a physical therapist specializing in pelvic health in Westchester County, New York. Today on the show, we have Justine Carino. Justine Carino is a licensed mental health counselor with a private practice in White Plains, New York. She specializes in treating anxiety, depression, grief, relationship issues, and family conflicts. Justine also has a podcast called Thoughts from the Couch, which can be found on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon. Justine uses both cognitive behavioral therapy techniques and family systems techniques to support her clients in making changes they want to see in themselves and their relationships. Justine is a graduate of the Furkoff Graduate School of Psychology of Yeshiva University and has postgraduate training from the Ackerman Institute for the Family and the Beck Institute for Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. Welcome to the show, Justine. Thank you, Marina. I am honored to be speaking with you today. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to have you here today because I feel like we're going to be discussing a really important topic. So you know this show is really about you know my desire to raise awareness about pelvic health conditions and support women out there. Um, so this is not directly pelvic related, but I do think that everything going on in the world this past year is definitely affecting people's ability to heal, um, whether it's physical healing, mental healing, emotional healing. Um, so I really wanted to have a discussion about how everything going on with the pandemic and the stress of it all is really affecting parents, especially new moms. Um, so I'm a mom myself, I have an 18 month old, and I know you have a new little one, um, and you have, you're a family of four. So I can tell just from my own experience, you know, the emotions that I've gone through in the past year and other women do confide in me about the same concerns. So I really wanted to just have an open and, you know, frank discussion of just how this pandemic is really affecting parents, especially new parents. Yes. So I can talk on this topic both professionally but also personally because as you mentioned um i had a daughter in october of 2020 um and i have a three-year-old son so my daughter's now four months old and it has been very challenging to get through these first few months of her life you know having a newborn during this pandemic especially this second wave of how we've been hit here in new york so I think, you know, parents in general, whether you have a newborn or a college student, it runs the gamut. All parents are feeling overwhelmed and stressed. And there's so many reasons for that. And, you know, one of the most obvious is the online learning if you have a student at home. But then I'm going to talk more towards the newborn parents because that's what we're here to talk about. So I'm gonna focus some of my comments on that population of parents. Um, it's extremely isolating. It, there's a lot of disconnection and there's a lot of feelings of loneliness for these new moms during this pandemic. And experiencing these emotions long-term can really then lead to feelings of depression and anxiety on a more clinical level. Um, so this, there's reasons why parents are feeling this way. You know, it's very normal for a parent to want to protect their baby from getting sick off the bat, pandemic or not. And that's also an evolutionary instinct that mothers have. That's a need that mothers have that we did as cave women, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago. We knew our babies were vulnerable, so we had to react as a mother bear at times. So now we add in this whole new layer of protecting our newborn from contracting COVID-19. 
And there's not a lot of research on how this virus impacts babies directly. I, we do know that kids typically do well, um, but we know babies are vulnerable. And if a baby gets a fever, that could be a big problem. And I know that's what pediatricians have been talking a lot about is it's not necessarily COVID-19 having a certain impact. It's that fever that can come along with COVID-19. Um, and we don't have the research of long-term side effects of contracting this illness and what that would have on babies. Yeah, and I think that's one of the really frustrating parts is that we don't have research, we don't have data to support really any of the claims. You know, we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants in a certain aspect. So yes, you know, during the past year, we noticed that babies haven't been super affected by COVID um, in terms of their health. But, you know, I know as a mom, you know, seeing my baby um, lacking social um, experiences and not bringing her out, um, you know, to kind of see the world, you know, I feel that it's having, you know, my concern is that it's having a negative impact on her development, um, you know, and how is that going to affect her down the road? Yeah, and that's a fear that a lot of us mothers share because we have had to keep them so isolated. We lack those opportunities. Um, even the small kind of play. I used to take my son to a library class every Friday, even when he was like six months old. And it was a way for me to get out on a Friday, but also my son to be around other babies. We can't do that now. You know, that, that class has been virtual. Um, so a lot of, there's a lot of grief for mothers, what they expected their child's babyhood to be like, you know, whatever they visualized in their mind of, doing to celebrate this new baby um, in a social way has really been stolen from them. So we can actually grieve experiences that never happened before because we were hopeful that they could happen for us. And then because of the pandemic, we weren't able to do those things. And that can be a lot for mom to process. And that can be really sad for moms to experience. It is because I can say from my own experience, so my daughter was about six months old at the time we went to our original quarantine in March. I mean, and we're in, we're in Westchester. We are so close to the hot zone where this sort of all started in the country, right? So all of a sudden, you know, overnight, like basically changed. And that time, March, I mean, any mom who's been through winter and worried about her baby getting the flu and kind of keeping her home more you know you know how exciting that prospect is of all right springtime we're going out we're meeting other moms and babies we're doing library time like you said we're gonna do classes we're gonna do all this stuff and not just for the baby but for mom too because moms have been you know isolated as well during those early months of infancy um, so then for all that not to happen, um, you know, was really disappointing. And just like you said, like there was definitely a vision I had in my head of what my daughter's babyhood would look like. And pretty much like none of that came true. <laughs> and it just didn't. Yeah, it's so unfortunate. And, and you can't get that time back, right? They're growing at such a fast rate. And that's where you have to really think about your priorities you know it would have been nice to be able to do that but you had to prioritize her health at this time so that had to take a back seat but that's really sad we grieve the loss of things that didn't even happen that we imagined and visualized in our head so a lot of moms relate to that yeah and i think that's such um, a great thing to tell listeners that it's okay to grieve that 
it's okay to grieve that that vision didn't end up happening. Because I know for myself, I was like, all right, you know, her health is the most important thing, health of my family, you know, of course, that's the number one most important thing. And I kind of feel like it's like, all right, I didn't get to take my baby to the library class or to like swim lessons, like these first world like issues. Um, so then I was getting like some guilt over <laughs> feeling that, but, but really, I mean, in all honesty, like that was my expectation and my hope for her during that time. So there definitely is, I think, a grieving process that has to occur and that still has to occur for people currently having babies because things haven't gone back to normal um you know and we don't know when they will go back to normal things are starting to open up a little bit you know around us and you know but hospitals you know for for my pregnant mamas i work with and they're going in to have their babies soon i mean things are still very restricted um you know thankfully it sounds like most people can have one support person in with them whether it's a husband a partner whoever it is um but that's it. There's no families going to visit them in the hospital. They're not bringing the balloons. They're not, you know, there's no immediate celebrating around the birth of that child. Like maybe it once was. I agree with that. And I mean, that has changed at least for us on the East coast, you know, those having babies in the summer, you had more opportunity to have that stork visit. You know, you sit outside and keep your distance. Maybe you felt more comfortable with that, but especially with, these cold months, you're not bringing your newborn out in 20 degrees to meet somebody. Right. You're going to just wait until it's warmer. So we don't have that immediate socialization that happens when a new baby is typically born. I remember with my son, you know, everyone came to visit and everyone brings food and everyone brings an outfit and you sit and you talk and you socialize and, you know, your best friends are there and you're laughing about your labor story and you're telling all the gross, disgusting parts of it. And then you, and you can process it and you talk about the happy moments with them. And there's someone there listening, laughing and supporting you through this really tough time. Having a newborn is really hard. And so you had that built-in um, friend or family member to come by and kind of distract you or even lend a hand. So you would hand the baby off and maybe you take your shower then. Maybe you clean up a little then. Maybe you take your nap. Now we have that lack of support. You weren't handing your baby really to anybody. So right. then you trapped 24 seven with this mental load and emotional mode and physical load of having a newborn. It was very different. Um, comparing personally my daughter's birth and first few months to my son's. And I think a lot of it was that lack of socialization. Yeah. And I think, um, all, you know, everything we're discussing has such a profound effect on women's health and their ability really to heal after going through, pregnancy and childbirth, because like you said, now they may be solely caring for their baby. Maybe their partner's gone back to work. Maybe they're in charge of doing all the physical load um, while they're trying to recover from either normal, you know, vaginal delivery or a C-section, you know, whatever it is. And that healing in and of itself is already, um, you know, a, a very tender time, you know, and it can be compounded with, you know, postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety that can happen in any year or any state of the world. Um, so I do think that definitely everything that's been going on, um, you know, is affecting new moms so much um, and the way that they're, they're healing from, you know, their, their birthing experiences. Um, yeah. What are some, you know, what are some tips or some, you know, ways that parents who are still going through this now, um, you know, what are ways that they can start to address 
you know, the conflicts with their emotional state with what was expected versus what is happening and the stress of, you know, the whole situation? Yeah, um, a few different directions I can go with this. I think first and foremost, it's really important for parents to acknowledge their emotional state and to, to get comfortable with being uncomfortable about it. You yeah. know, it, as I said before, having a newborn is such a huge life transition, whether it's your first child, your second child, your third, there's a new set of challenges every time you welcome a baby. The whole family system shifts around. So if it's, you were just a couple bringing a newborn in, your couplehood changes. If you were a family of three, bring another child in, that dynamic changes as well because you have now the sibling to worry about. Um, so you have to really get in touch with how this transition is affecting you emotionally because a highly emotional parent who's dysregulated cannot be an effective parent. And I say this a lot. And in order to parent effectively, whether you're parenting a newborn or a teenager, you have to be at a calm baseline and regulate your own emotions and react in an effective and helpful way and not react to things out of worry, stress, anger, fear, or sadness. Um, so we have to really get in touch with our own emotions and take care of them. Um, so we can then show up and be there for our kids and our family. Because as parents, we're the blueprints for emotion regulation. We're that map that our children are going to learn from. And if we aren't managing our emotions well, they won't manage their emotions well. And that can start as young as babyhood. So you, ha you can't ha feel guilt over feeling negative after baby born. I think a lot of moms expect if they haven't had a baby before, it to be rainbows and butterflies and this joyous occasion, which it is. But there's also the other part of it that is very challenging. Our hormones are changing. There's the initial baby blues that if they last longer, they that could also turn into postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety. Um, so we want to really pay attention to what we're feeling and how we're feeling it. Um, and there's people that and for anyone listening that might be going through this, there's people that specialize in this, that look at maternal mental health and help you understand, are you struggling with postpartum anxiety? Are you st struggling with postpartum depression? Or are you feeling this way be in reaction to having a baby during such an isolated time? And because of telehealth, it's so more, it's much more accessible for new moms. Before you had to leave the house and bring the baby to the therapy session perhaps, or find someone to watch the baby while you went. Now it's all telehealth. So it's a little bit more accessible for people that have just had a baby. Mm -hmm. So you wanna really take care of your emotional state because it impacts not only you, but your children and your husband, your partner, everyone around you. Um, I think, there are some things people can do to get through this hard time if you've had a newborn during this pandemic. One of them is really starting to get clear on what your boundaries are and get comfortable for setting your boundaries. Um, for moms that might struggle with people pleasing or having a hard time saying no or have family members that kind of bulldoze them or have their own um, agenda, it's hard to set boundaries. So you want to get really clear on what they are and communicate with your partner and have your partner help you set these boundaries. You know, friends and family members may not understand where you're coming from if they don't have a newborn right now. 
they might be a little bit more loose about the socializing or the wearing the mask or the hygiene. You know, people will push back hard on whatever limit you're setting with them and might try and make you feel crazy for having certain limits or really minimize how you feel about it or question you. But as a parent, you have to do what makes you comfortable because then if you make a decision that goes against your boundaries, you're not gonna feel okay. That's going to trigger more anxiety in you. You're the one that's losing sleep at night, not them. You're the one that's already exhausted because you have a newborn, and now you're not sleeping when you can sleep because you're too busy um, perseverating or ruminating about a choice you may have made that makes you feel uncomfortable. So you wanna protect yourself by sticking to the boundary, making the boundary and sticking to the boundary. Um, and you know, this can also lead helping you understand what you value so behind boundary setting comes an understanding of what your core values are and that gives you the why behind your decision making what you value now that you've become a parent first-time parent second-time parent may be extremely different than what you valued a year ago your parents are struggling because they might value socializing but they also might value health and protection, right? Um, so now feelings of anxiety or depression can cloud this assessment of what our values are and get in the way of them and understanding them. And that's why it's important to find support to help you figure out, hmm, am I making this decision based on one of my core values that's important to me or am I making decisions based on fear and anxiety? Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so I think values change how you have to get a clear understanding of what is guiding your decisions of how you're going to protect your newborn right now. But you have to constantly also assess your mental health versus the family's physical health, right? We really worry a lot about newborns, but we have to worry about our mothers too. Mm -hmm. And mothers are really important during this time. So it's a, it's a big job to want your own, want to have your own needs be met but also protect your child. And trying to marry the two together can be really hard to navigate. Mm -hmm. So sometimes parents have to assess, um, okay, I wanna be safe, but I also really need to see people yeah. for mom to be okay. Yeah. For me, I'm such an extrovert. The, the first three months of my daughter's life during the pandemic was like slow torture. I was dying to see people. I really restricted it to just seeing um, immediate family members. Um, no one's really met my daughter. You know, none of my friends have. Um, so it's been very tricky because I decided that I had to kind of stay isolated for me to feel okay at the end of the day. But then there came a point where I was like, I'm going to lose my mind if I don't start seeing people. And so when she was about three months, I was able to make some days where I was out seeing girlfriends at a socially distanced way. It was freezing. It was like 26 degrees, but we were outside. There was a fire. Baby didn't come, just me. And it was nice to feel like myself again and laugh with girlfriends and not have, you know, anyone else around. I could just be me. Yeah. I think everything you said just, it resonates so much with me personally, and I'm sure it's going to resonate a lot with, you know, listeners who are kind of in the same place in their, you know, parenting lives right now. Um, you know, I think, you know, in part, like I totally understand um, 
you know, way that you were talking about when you said you're such an extrovert, you want to go out and you want to see people. And that's where I was by the time quarantine hit, because I had already been kind of cooped up with my daughter during the first few months of life. She had been sick with bronchiolitis. We had to stay home a lot. Um, so, but I'm a natural introvert. So during that time, you know, I was okay. I kind of went with it. But then by the time, you know, quarantine came around, I was really ready to just go out and see people. Like I had enough of being, you know, in just us. Yeah. So that's why then when quarantine, um, you know, began, it was extra hard on me. So I said, well, I was actually just ready to go out, um, you know, and it was just, um, you know, such a difficult time, you know, for us all. Yeah. Um, I think um, telling parents to get clear boundaries and, you know, understanding their core values um, is such wonderful advice because I do feel like there's such a conflict that, you know, maybe many of us are dealing with that. Like you said, we want to keep our baby safe. We want to get out for our mental health. Um, you know, so how do we, you know, how do we really um, deal with that little bit of, um, you know, conflicting, um, you know, ideology there, I guess. So, okay. So, I mean, really, you know, I'm hoping that this all just starts to resolve um, and hopefully winter will end <laughs> because in New York, we are getting slammed with just storm after storm and freezing weather. So I know for my own mental health, it will be so much better when I can get outside and, you know, more sunshine on a regular basis and not have to worry about my child freezing. Um, yeah. We can definitely get some more, um, you know, social interaction then. I agree with that. And I think, you know, you can still lean on a mental health routine during this pandemic. It may not be what exactly you want it to look like. And I talk a lot with clients about, okay, what do you need to do every day to feel good? every week to feel good and every month to feel good. Let's get clear on your daily things, your weekly things and your monthly things. Mm. Um, and before the pandemic, it might've been weekly date nights with my husband made me feel good. Monthly outings with my girlfriends daily. I need eight hours of sleep and I need to work out whatever it is for people. But now because of the pandemic date nights with husband, um, pretty much don't exist. Yep. <laughs> if chosen not to eat indoors. Um, there's no dinner in a movie. There's no dinner in a show happening. Um, so a lot of the things that you used to be able to do to kind of get a break from parenthood have been gone. Um, and so that's taxing. So parents have to get creative, but you can think of other ways, you know, um, especially during the winter to get a date night. Maybe it's not the dinner, but maybe it's a walk one-on-one -on -one with your husband for an hour or taking a hike or, you know, going out in the snow being silly. Um, maybe it's just, you know, getting a cup of coffee and taking a walk and sitting outside somewhere in the freezing cold. So you might have to get creative based on what your boundaries are. Some couples are fine eating indoors. Some couples are fine doing certain things. It's a, you know, to each their own, but it's not how it used to be. And then there's also the trouble for parents nervous leaving their child with someone that they might not see all the time. People may not want a babysitter if they don't have family close by. Maybe they trust grandma and grandpa, but if you don't have grandma and grandpa by you, that means you have to call in a babysitter and people may not be open to having that happen right now. Yeah. And I think the lack of support, um, you know, from family members because of, you know, people may have, you know, pre-existing health conditions. They don't want to put themselves at risk and exposure, you know, and I understand all that. So, you know, my family were very lucky to have support and, you know, other people though, they don't have that. And that just creates, you know, more stress at this time. Um, 
I think you gave such great suggestions about how to kind of work around the date night thing. And I really love that. This is so great. I feel like I'm getting a therapy session. Uh, so I think, um, you know, this has been so great um, for our listeners to hear. And I feel like it's, it's somewhat comforting to know we're all in the same boat together. Um, do you have any last words of wisdom or some parting words for our listeners? You know, I think it's helpful to know that there is an end coming, you yeah. know, but you don't want to get caught up in that. I, I even found myself saying when the pandemic is over, when this, when that, when in actuality, um, you can create a feeling of contentment. You can create happiness every day, no matter what the circumstances are. You really got to pay attention to how you're talking to yourself in your head. Mm -hmm. And if to yourself in your head in the way that's making this worse, you need to talk differently to yourself. You know, you need to kind of coach yourself mentally through this and do what you need to do to get yourself through this. Because if you're on lockdown, if you're in quarantine, or if you're back out in the world, your internal state comes from within you, right? And we don't want to always put our happiness on external things. So if anything, this strips us down to really take a look at ourselves and see what does really make us happy. It's those small everyday things. It's not the great grand vacation we wish we were on. It's not, you know, going and hanging out with a hundred people at the concert. Those are fun things to do for sure. But really what brings us joy are small everyday moments with our partners, with our kids, laying back with family members, with friends that can even happen on a phone call. So we want to just really think about how we're talking to ourselves during this time and really think, is this thoughtful for me? Is this a good thought to have right now? Was this thought helping me or hurting me? And if your thoughts and the way you're thinking are hurting you, you really have to assess your mindset and create a fresh mindset every day. You know, use your affirmations, do what you need to do, get that fresh air every day, get outside and get that walk, no matter how cold it is, to clear that mind, you're in control of how you react to certain situations. Yes, physical activity, for sure. Getting outside some fresh air, bundle the kids up, go outside, even if it's for like 20 minutes, just definitely the, the fresh air helps so much. Um, Cause I know a lot of us may feel like we just want to sit in the house. Um, <laughs> you know, and we need, we need to get up. We need some movement. Um, the other part of everybody being home during the pandemic and working from home is, you know, a new onslaught of back pain and neck pain. So for sure, everybody needs to get up and get mobile and get moving do it with your kids and go out and play in the snow. If it's still winter by you, um, Justine, this was so great. And I can't thank you enough for being on the show today. Let's tell everybody how they can best reach you and what's your contact info and your social media. Sure. So my website is carinocounseling.com. On there, you will find a blog. I also have a podcast, um, as you mentioned earlier, called Thoughts on the Couch. So that can be found on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon. And I'm also on Instagram at Thoughts from the Couch. And that's at underscore Thoughts from the Couch underscore. And that's where you can find me. All right, everybody, thank you for listening to another episode of Public Matters, and we will catch up again next time. Thanks a lot.